Welcome to the Best Picture Cast. Normally we deep dive a different Best Picture winner each week with the goal to establish a ranking for the entire list. Tonight we'll be doing something a little different as we are beginning a series of episodes where we invite previous BPC co-hosts on to talk about their top 10 favorite movies. So tonight we have invited back a frequent voice here at Best Picture Cast and not just on the airwaves, but on our social media accounts as well. He's uh, a man who has done all of the graphic design work that you see on any of our social media accounts at Best Picture Cast, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, wherever it might be, as well as our merch store. And he is the incomparable Grant Z. Grant, how are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I'm ready to uh, go over this list and you know see see what you guys think about it. It's all about you today, Grant. You're Ooh. not you're not mongoose today. You are Maverick, my friend. Mongoose. Mongoose. Goose. He's, that's not short for mongoose. It's just goose. It's just goose. You know, like the flying bird. <laughs> I like how you they sh- they shorten nicknames. <laughs> you are not goose today. My <laughs> Tonight's episode is all about you, Grant. Yep. You uh, you have the have the reins here. You're in the driver's seat, and we also have with us today to uh, to join us for this affair as we will be going through Grant's top ten favorite movies. Joey R. Joey, how you doing? Great, great. Really excited to hear Grant's list. And you two guys are on the top of the leaderboards here for the most episodes appeared on. Yeah. And I'm happy to have you guys back. This is a, a trio we've had in action before. We're going to do this thing again here. Always a blast with Can't this crew. Wait. Can't wait. That's it. And to be clear about what we're doing here, Grant has selected his top ten favorite movies. And what we've done this is it's it's more or less we'd like to view it as like a power ranking. So we're not yeah. locking this thing in for Grant here. You, you don't have – this could change tomorrow. This could mm-hmm. change next month. But as of right now, you power rank these movies – how do you feel about, about what you did? How was the experience for you assembling this list? It was good. Um, it's not a, a traditional list in a way. It's um, There are some movies on the, the lower end that kind of represent genres of film that I like, and there's kind of like the leader of the pack within those genres. When you get to like the top five, these are my top five movies that are eligible for this list. Cool. I'm, I'm really excited to get into it. Yeah, and, and one of the things I'm excited about for this whole series is, is it just gives a little representation for each member of the BPC team here that's been on with us before. They're usually getting strong-armed into watching movies they've either never seen before yeah. or would never watch had they not get into this. Some of them are great experiences, some of them not so much. This is now just kind of a, a, a way for you to get out the movies that you like. This is kind of a, um, I almost view this this list as like a personality test kind of thing where where you kind of get a get a handle on like as as a person that doesn't know us right they can listen to our list and see our list and they can say like okay well this is how this guy views movies this is how they feel about movies and uh, i i think i think it's kind of 
cool for us to have to have this out there in case people you know care enough <laughs> yeah. to like to find out like kind of what makes us tick. Very cool. I also, if, if you've listened to to Best Picture Guest before, you know we start off with the song that either relates to the movie we're covering or it relates to the title. For this one, I've let you guys kind of pick. I've let you guys pick a song that, well, however you wanted to go with it. I, I let you guys make your own rules with it and pick. And uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the song that you, you let us off with here? Yeah, I racked my brain for a while. Kieran, when you told me that we'd be picking our own songs, I put more time into that. <laughs> Than the list itself. Um, I had a lot of pressure. Lot it of is pressure. Just so of, matters. It is, it is yeah. a lot of pressure. Uh, and I'm I'm a I'm a big music guy. I'm a big playlist guy. Like I take it very seriously. So I was like, okay, well, do I want? There was like a, a few uh, Long Island uh, emo bands I wanted to use because we're from Long Island. I, and you know, but I decided not to do that. There was a movie from uh, one of the. One of the movies here, there's a song from there that I wanted to pick, but yes, literally yesterday, the song I just played came on my uh, came on my phone. And I was like, "Oh, okay, I'm gonna pick this song," and it's uh, "Desperados Under the Eaves" by Warren Zevon. We're talking about favorite movies. That's one of my favorite songs ever. I yeah, absolutely, I absolutely, absolutely love that song, and absolutely love Warren Zevon. And so I just just paired my one of my favorite songs with some of my favorite movies. That's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And and something that to, just to let you behind the scenes when it comes to picking the songs for these things, that's one thing that I'm really kind of ironclad about not taking much input. From. That's kind of my like, you know, if you're putting a suggestion in, it's like okay, that's nice. We'll, we'll yeah. see you later. But uh, you you crushed it with that beautiful beautiful song and I great love choice. It. Way yeah, to set the song. tone for yeah. what we're doing here. And this is gonna be this is gonna be fun to to go through this with you, Grant. I don't see the list beforehand, Joey. You no have idea. seen this list. Theater, no, which so. is fun. Yeah, we're just going to kind of react to movies whether we've seen them or not, or however we're going to do it. And I'm I'm looking forward to that. Before we get going on the list here, let's talk about what we're drinking today. And Grant, this is a, a good place for you to lead off. Sure, might as well. Um, tonight I am drinking the Hanalei Island IPA from Kona Brewing Company. Love Kona, love everything they do. Um, I don't think I've had a beer that I didn't love from Kona. It's just a nice, nice summer beer. Yeah, great, a, a great brewery from the 50th state way out in Hawaii. Love it, yeah. So I don't know if we have any listeners out in Hawaii yet, but... Uh, Mahalo. That's it. If we, if we do, absolutely. Joey, what are you drinking here? So I'm a big uh, Montauk mark. So I went Montauk Session IPA, a uh, favorite of mine, the green can. Can't get enough of it. It's just a fantastic drink year-round. Very happy to find it and very happy to drink it and talk movies with you guys. For sure. And I went seasonal with mine. And I get ragged on a lot for liking the fruit flavored beers. Uh, but I love a good shandy. When yeah, it comes I'm not I'm not gonna I don't I don't give you reds. I don't give you a grief for that. And this is a, a movie themed brewery here, Grant from one of uh, a movie that I'm sure we'll mention at some point here. I don't know if it'll be I number think, 10 think, or 1 I, I or honorary. I think we might, might discuss <laughs> yeah, it might a little bit. It's the Narragansett Brewery. It's not the traditional Captain Quint What would Captain Quint say to this would, flavor? Yeah, I don't think he'd be drinking <laughs> oh, watermelon. He would, Captain Quint. Yeah. This is a shandy. What yeah. is that? This is the, uh, the watermelon shandy, the Narragansett Dell's watermelon shandy. I don't think Captain Quint would choose this. If it were on the boat, I'm sure he'd crush it down though, you know. I mean, he would secretly know. like it and then come out and drink something. <laughs> he would yeah, he would drink you take one sip and say, "Jesus, age Christ." And he'd probably <laughs> toss it overboard right after he tossed Richard Dwight. That'd be one of the <laughs> that'd be one of the barrels he would shoot into into yeah. jaws. <laughs> That's right. That's absolutely yeah. right. So, all right. 
great stuff here. So Grant, before we dive into that list here, as I mentioned, you're a frequent flyer here. You've been on here quite a bit. Yep. 16 movies to be specific. Sweet 16. Your first one was was Crash. It was start off with the doozy. <laughs> Starting strong. I'll, I'll never forget, man. We when when I asked you to be on this because you weren't on the original. Like when we planned the first couple, I wasn't episodes, on the original roster. You weren't on the original roster. Yeah, that's right. I got you called know, up when and when uh, when you know we couldn't lock in one of the signings that we thought, or we made a release or cut someone in spring training. I gave you a, a shot, you a little text, and said, "Is this something you'd be interested in?" Yeah. You looked at the list and you're like, "Gotta be honest, I haven't seen a lot of these movies." That's true. And and I gave you a list of ones you can't pick, and you're like, "And a lot of those are the ones <laughs> yeah. that I like." So you can't pick Godfather. <laughs> you can't pick. Right. Yeah. I think one of the ones you picked is. Uh, I looked at the list and I'm like, "Oh, that's actually on the list. I forgot to put it on the list." And you're like, "God <laughs> damn it!" Uh, so you settled on Crash, which is interesting because I think you. Why did you pick Crash? I picked Crash because I knew you picked The Departed and uh, Cuckoo's Nest. I think my thought process was, well, they're not all great movies that win the Oscar. Let's talk about one of the worst ones. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I did that deliberately, and I, I kind of... It wasn't until after we booked it where I'm like, oh, there's... <laughs> Like there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff for you and I to carefully walk around yeah, being, two, being two white guys from the suburbs. Yeah, controversial subject. Yeah, but um, episode came out great. I think we I think we did a good job uh, navigating that, um, and I, I don't I don't regret it. Yeah, that was the fourth ever it. episode. It was, yeah. And uh, you've been on several others. One of them, which was your second episode, was the first ever three-person episode. We now right. almost exclusively go three or four on these, sometimes right. even five. And we don't really use the one-on-one format anymore. Yeah. And Rebecca was, was the the change of that. I think when we did. Rebecca. That was yeah. That was the first three. That was the first three uh, three person. And it was the three of us. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was, was um, so much fun. It was a it was a blast. Absolute blast. And um, I think when like, when we were finished recording, we were like, oh, okay, this works. Yeah. This yeah. is. We this weren't is sure how it was going to go. We weren't like it was going to be sloppy and and everything kind of everything kind of clicked and. Um, it's a it's a it's a benchmark episode, for absolutely. Sure. And and my friends who have I've had a couple friends who've listened to it in sequence. You know, they started from okay. one and they've gone through, and they've done the first few and then saw that the next one was a three person episode. And I I I've gotten more than one text from more than one person just being like, oh, you're going to three. I don't I don't know how that feels. Or really? reminds me of like oh, the first so season of Always Sunny without Danny DeVito. Right. Yeah. And then Danny DeVito comes in and I'm like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> and then as it gets going, it's like, oh, well, it can't be the other way. Right. It's got to yeah. be this yeah. way now. It's like, yeah. how did you ever not do this? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Exactly. So, uh, but here's a list of the episodes that Grant's been on. If you if you haven't seen some of them, please check them out. Grant does a phenomenal job. Crash, Rebecca, Broadway Melody, Gangs of Goodfellas, which yeah. was we paired with uh, our Goodfellas episode. Rocky, Man for All Seasons, which was also the Jaws episode. It's a two-part episode it was, there. yeah. Argo, Gentleman's Agreement, Roadhouse, which was the winner of our Sub-50 tournament. We have our Sub-50 tournament 2 going on on social media as we speak. Halloween, which was the winner of our horror tournament last year. We will be having another one of those coming up, our second Horror Fest tournament in fall 2021. Birdman, Home Alone, which is our Christmas special. Oliver, with an exclamation point. Godfather, The Artist, Godfather Part 2, and The Lion King, which was the winner yeah. of our animation tournament. You may have noticed that he's been on a lot of tournament episodes because, Grant, you have won all of those tournaments <laughs> up to this I have this won all three of these tournaments. Um, I feel like my luck's 
about to run out. But you know, I kind of I kind of went for my own thing, kind of knowing full well that it wasn't going to work. That's that's neither here nor there. At the time of this recording, you are unscathed. You are alive on all three of your breaths. I did not catch nary a shrapnel. I am good to go. That's right. Yeah, I'm good. So, Grant, looking back at that list there. Or hearing that list there. What episodes kind of stick out as, as certain memorable ones or ones you want to highlight or talk about there? Yeah, I mean, the, um, I feel like I've talked about this before, but the, the Gangs of Goodfellas mm-hmm. one was always, always a great one. That was our first four-man episode, um, and it was utter anarchy. Yeah, at the time. mayhem. It was, True mayhem. Yeah, it was... Joey, uh, as you'd say, chaos. Chaos. It was chaos. <laughs> So that was a really, that was a really fun one. Um, Rebecca's always has a soft spot for me. Gangs of Goodfellas, I want to say, to at the time of this recording at least, is our second most listened to episode. That's amazing. Which That's is pretty awesome. funny being yeah. that it is a Broadway melody. The <laughs> like, probably the worst Oscar. One of the, one of the it, worst it's Oscar certainly movies. upper. If it's not the worst winner, it's certainly the worst year. Right. Of yeah. movies. I mean, I imagine most people are really timestamping that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think the Broadway melodies which dragging people in. It's probably the uh, the, the, gangs battle. Of, the gangs in New York and the, the good two, The two Martin Scorsese movies. And the reaction cool. from our most listened to episode, which is Departed, which is our pilot episode. Right. People just wanting someone to give Artie B his comeuppance okay. on his, his hot takes. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's it's a that's a that's a wild episode. I love that one. Um I'm partial to Oliver. Yeah. I think I think that um, I think that's a really strong episode that doesn't get a lot of love. One of our least listened I know. episodes. Now, it is, it is a newer side of things, so it's, that's some time it, it, enough, I feel like uh, the general public as a whole doesn't really care about Oliver. Although, and we don't have like a, we don't have like an enticing debate to to pull people right, in right. either. So uh, uh, yeah, well, there's a Petco a, commercial now, so maybe yeah. that will help us. That's true. That might bring up that Oliver might... and animal rights. You know. <laughs> um, it, it, it's not sexy clickbait. We'll, we'll say it's that. not, but it's... The it's exclamation a, point isn't selling people. We need more. I it's think. not. We need, we need all caps exclamation point. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I, every every episode I've known, I've had I've had a really uh, really good time doing. And um, I love it that this, ep- this, this whole thing has broadened my horizons when it comes to movies. Uh, and I really I always appreciate that. So, yeah. yeah. Joey, looking back at Grant's... Grant's run here at at Best Picture Cast. What are what are some of his career defining moments here? When you're looking back at Grant Z, what what episodes stick out here? I mean, I think I always like listening to Grant. I really like recording with Grant. I think Oliver with the exclamation is his best work, and I feel like it is definitely a hidden, lost movie. Unfortunately, um, Rebecca always stands out. Uh, his preparedness coming into the Gangs of Goodfellas defense always. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, I love preparedness, so I really appreciated that. Agreement. Oh, he has some, he has some mic drop moments. <laughs> yeah, he came, right? ready, he, he came yeah, in ready. He came in. Yeah, he, he got he had already shuffling his papers around trying to <laughs> figure out what was there. Right. But I think what Grant does better than all of us is he's able to have the earnest moments, and then he could throw in um, Salieri as the principal in Back to the Future and make us all laugh, all within thirty seconds somehow. So I think that's just a ton of value. Yeah, the the, the in the game in that gang's a good fellas episode. It was if if anyone who's seen. 12 Angry Men, it's when he goes, listen, Chris is like, listen to this guy. He knows what he's talking about. Right. This guy's got, this guy will argue. Good point. I, just, I, I, I took the switchblade, the butterfly knife, and I just snapped it on the table. <laughs> That's right. It, 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 uh, I, I think the first thing I got to go to is the impressions that you do. I mean, you just yeah. do, the impressions do are so world-class good. impressions it, it, from stuff that I wouldn't even expect. So whether it's Solieri or Marlon Brando or, 
or Peter Griffin or or Walter White. You know, it's just, <laughs> they, they never you never know what's going to be next with that. So but I, I they love all that. Hit. But when I when I picked two out, I, I also went Oliver. It's funny that we all went to Oliver. Yeah. I think Oliver is one of the funniest episodes we've ever recorded. It's fun, yeah, it's a it's fun hilarious. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's loose. It's fun. Probably it's, the hardest I've laughed doing doing any one of these. It's, it's a, a shame that it, it's not it's not out there. Yeah, as one it's, of our it's a hidden gem episodes. that when people start getting there, hopefully you'll get some buzz. Yeah, that was uh, that was me, you, and Chris G. That was on a good one. one. A lot of fun. Really, really uh, good. Uh, one. An episode where we all, none of us knew who was going to stand where with the movie. I think we all surprised each other. Really fun one. And the other one I just want to say that I thought was a blast too is, and you know, I mean, we're here talking about your favorite movies, and I don't think we need to hide this anymore because it's already on the airwaves many times as Jaws yeah. being your favorite movie of all time. Yes, it is. We did the Man for All Seasons episode, and we paired that with Jaws. It was yeah, our Shaws and Jaws episode. That was a really fun one too. A lot of fun. Another kind of groundbreaking episode for us in the sense that we paired two movies together and we weren't sure how that was yeah, going to go. Was, was f- and we picked The Man for All Seasons and I couldn't believe how great of a conversation we had on The Man for All Seasons. It was a like good we, one. We, all four of us, really, Brendan B was in on that one with Chris G too. And while I thought that was kind of be similar to The Gangs of Goodfellas where we just kind of zipped through the Broadway melody and then got to the meat of the bone, we ended up having like a really kind of like thoughtful and yeah. philosophical conversation about A Man for All Seasons yeah. that made me appreciate the movie even more and definitely upped it on the rankings. And Just, we, all, we all had different perspectives of the movie and brought that to the table. And yeah, it wasn't definitely not a movie that we glanced over. No, not at, not all. at all. Not at all. No, you guys really did we, we gave, we gave it. One. We gave it the, the, um, the attention that it needed. And then we went to uh, talk about one of the best movies ever made. Yeah, yeah. And how can I not bring up The Lion King, too? Because that, <laughs> that was another bonkers that, that episode. Was a, that was a wild episode. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So it's time to get to the list now. Uh, Grant, your top ten movies. Now, before you do that, we just want to throw out the rules for this list. Mm-hmm. You know, rules that you weren't necessarily happy about when you heard them for the first time. I think maybe you Yeah, well, no, to... no when I, I've kind of resided that. It's not a true top ten list. So it's okay. Yes, yeah. Where no one's, no one's shackling you into to any of right. this. But the rules, basically, you could not pick a Best Picture winner. Mm-hmm. We don't, just for the... Sake of redundancy and, yes. and avoiding that. We're going to deep dive all those movies. We don't need to talk about them now. So the, the best picture movies are out. Also, when you pick a movie by a director, you can only choose one movie by that director. Now, right. I gave you a slight pass here. You had one little get-out-of-jail-free card because Jaws was established as your as your number one pick. Right. So you did not have to be chained to that as your Spielberg. I could have used another Spielberg. You are allowed and I, I myself have yeah. have proclaimed Shawshank Redemption as right. my favorite movie. I can pick another Darabont. I don't think I will. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll see we'll see what happens when I get did, there. Did I use another you know? Spielberg? We'll yeah, find I don't out. Know. Will the will the Majestic <laughs> make my list? I don't Ooh. know. Um, probably not. <laughs> that would be a weird list if it did. Well, I haven't seen it, so... It's oh, so even weirder. Yeah, you know, maybe I'll see it and love it. But, so, Grant. Yes. Under the context of those rules, what was your number 10? My number 10 is Miami Connection. Oh, man. Okay. And this is... Um, I love it. This is what I, what I talked about earlier with... This is a movie that represents a subgenre of movies that I love. And those are... Terrible B movies. Um, the amount of movies that I've seen that are just for free on Amazon that are from the eighties that are complete, complete garbage, um, but are but are they're so confoundingly inept at times um, that they're that I love it. 
that it's it's le- it's it's such an enjoyable moment. It's such an enjoyable experience. Um, so Miami Connection is the one that stands out in that group. It's just it's a movie that I that I just will always cherish. Wow. So Joey, you immediately started nodding your head here. I have to admit, I've never even heard of this movie. So Joey, you, does you not qualify the, for the, the sub fifty. By the way, somehow it does not. Um, I. Also, with Grand Chair, passion for terrible B-movies. Um, usually we, you know, share movies we've seen or talked about or heard and watch them together. Miami Connection is something else. I mean, a rock and roll group of Taekwondo ninjas fighting bad guys it's, in middle of Florida. It's like Orlando, Miami Connection. It's Orlando, mostly. Yeah, um, it is just... It's hysterical. And when you talk to people who, other people who watch just bad B-movies, there's a moment of, you see Miami Connection. And when you say, yes, you send each other. I mean, we were at a a friend's wedding about a year and a half ago. I said something to and Miami Connection came up in the entire wedding. I'm sorry to say I didn't pay attention. I was sending him memes of Miami Connection, (laughs) trying to make him laugh, and it worked. And it was amazing. And it's just... You know, it's it's on. If you like bad movies, it's on the Mount Rushmore 100%. of good of bad of good bad movies. Yeah, like like Joey said, it's it's a it, it's a group of like forty year old college kids <laughs> uh, who are casted out. All right, YK YK Kim is the the brains behind this whole movie. He was uh, he's a he's a Korean Taekwondo black belt, uh, the youngest the youngest person in Korea to get a black belt at thirteen. Uh, moves to America, starts starts some schools, and he casts the movie through his students. <laughs> so none of them have acting experience. Wow. No one has acting experience. They're all like students of of YK Kim, and um, but they're in a band. Like one of them knew how to write music. Yep. One of them like knows how to play guitar and write music. The song that you heard in Joey's intro, it's from Miami Connection. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah, so that, that was band. that was his that was his thing. Dragon Sound is the name um, of the Dragon band. Dragon Sound is the name of the, the band, and the lead singer looks like Rick Rude from the '80s. Yes, <laughs> and it's I, I can't. I it's 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 fantastic. Now, were there other Wu Sang Park movies that you wanted to leave out? He's the other director that was on. <laughs> that was on point there for that. <laughs> no, Miami Connection is on the other uh, other Wu Sang Park, or so just some I just start crossing off like <laughs> <laughs> so just absurd fight scenes. It's any YK Kim exclusions that really hurt to leave out of this of this list. <laughs> I no, I, I think that's I think that's I it. Covered it. But I'm it's, so happy you put this on. I'm so happy B movies get a get the well, there love. There you go. I, I, had, I had to give it. I had to give it a shout out because it's just something that I, I just I just enjoy. Great stuff. Great yeah. stuff. I again never heard of it until this moment. So we'll it will make the watch list here because I am always fascinated by these. And you said did not make the sub fifty. No, oh, no. it's over. Yeah, it's over. It's, it's over. both. It's over fifty and both. both. There you go. The critics loved it. The people loved it. Yeah, and Grant loved it because it was his number ten. Let's move to number nine. All right, my number nine is um, again. This is another movie that represents a genre of movies that I do enjoy. And this is my favorite one out of all of them, uh, and it's Thor Ragnarok. Okay, Thor it's, Ragnarok. It's something that's completely different, and it's it's funny. It's emotional. It's baffling. It's <laughs> bafflingly weird. But it kind of makes sense, you know. Directed by Taika Waititi, director of Jojo Rabbit. Jojo Rabbit, what we do in the shadows, mm-hmm. really off. Flight of the Concord stuff. He's yeah, involved yeah, with. he's involved. Yeah, I don't know 
what of that stuff he's involved with, but he and Jermaine Clement are very tight. The sheer wackiness of this movie is fantastic. I mean, at the end of the movie, the Hulk fights like this gigantic wolf. Yeah. That's like the size of like a skyscraper. It's Loki's child. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so it's it's so it's so weird. Like yeah, Jeff Goldblum's in it. He's fantastic. Tessa Thompson, I love her. I think she's great. It's I think I think it's the best Marvel movie, and I think it's the mo- my favorite of all the superhero movies in any wow. any iteration. Well, as I have a complicated relationship with Marvel movies, yes, you do. As, as been documented here, I'm going to pass this off to Joy. Joy, I know this. This is a movie you really love. I love this movie yeah. so much. I watch Artie it all the B time. Loves this one also. Yeah, it's so it's great. I, I really think if you're at in any level into Marvel movies and you check this out, I think it's easy to fall in love with because I think it does have heart. It's hysterical. Um, besides all the people Grant mentioned, Carl Urban's also in it. Who, yeah, you know who's in the Boys, who we're all big fans of. Um, and Keep, just you Keep know, Blanchett and yeah, just Anthony re- Hopkins, just really strong cast. <laughs> Matt Damon's in it. Matt Damon's in <laughs> Matt it. Matt Damon has a cameo in yeah. it. <laughs> Idris Elba's in it. Just that's right. Yeah, and, you know, it just it's for you know, it's a consequential movie within the world they build, but it's fun and it's super unique, which is not always easy to do. And you know, there's an orgy spaceship, so how do you yeah. get mad? It's it's and not it's not like. Part of it, like there's like the the Cape Blan- the Cape Blanchett side is kind of formulaic when it comes to superhero movies, but everything revolving Thor um, lands on this random planet where Hulk is like a gladiator god and he's like loved by all the people, and uh, and they have like they're Hulk and Thor are kind of at odds with each other and they have like this frenemy relationship. Some really it's, funny moments during that scene. We, it's, the, it's, I know him from work scene is an all-timer. <laughs> yeah. That's great. If anyone doesn't like Marvel movies, I would suggest try watching that one because it's 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 probably not what you're expecting. 100%. Okay, so that's your number nine. Let's yeah. move to number eight. My number eight is Step Brothers. Step Brothers, wow. indeed. It's, My favorite comedy of all time. It, it, I think it's mine as well. Yeah, I think I mentioned that when I... When I Ran in during the uh, Annie Hall episode. The classic run in on the <laughs> yeah. Annie Hall, yeah. I love Step Brothers. That that's this is a movie that it's hard for a movie to get funnier every time you watch it. Comedies they usually like like a car they depreciate in value. Sure, as soon as you like take it off the lot. Step Brothers just keeps on getting more and more valuable to me every time I watch <laughs> I, it. I feel the same way. Every time yeah. I watch it, it's funnier. I don't know I how agree. that happens, but it's it's I love it. Yeah. yeah, so many, so many comedies of that era. I, you know, Blended. not that I necessarily always feel this way, but they kind of became more problematic than they became funny as they aged. And this one didn't. You know, I'm not saying it didn't have like moments where you you go, Oop, I don't know if we can see that in a movie that came out now. But it just, it just, it's it's comedy is pure. It's just it, you, it you lives just, in its own world. It does. Right. It does. It doesn't make any sense. The movie makes no, no sense. It's it, <laughs> that's exactly. It's an alternate uni- universe. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit with, with Roadhouse. Yep. Like, yeah. it just exists in another universe. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't need anything else. Check your questions at the door. Right. We, we're not yeah. looking for questions. This here. is Earth twenty five forty. And it's just yeah. where we do know that that Mark Cuban Seal and Jeff Probst and our thing Chris right. Daughtry is a thing. Daughtry we don't know those yeah. things. <laughs> but that's that's Kobayashi that's is yeah. Right. yeah. It's it's a top comedy for me for sure. It's I the watch it Catalina Catalina wine mixer. The scene with Adam Scott, Catherine Hahn and their children singing Sweet Child of Mine. Oh, so oh, arguably my favorite scene movie. It's arguably so great. Movie. Yeah. One of I mean I'll randomly pull that up on YouTube. 
because it's I'm a huge Adam Scott fan, and that gets me so bad where it's the- just so. And when he just starts screaming about the lessons and how much he's screaming, and oh, I'm pick, I'm saving this with the solo. Yeah. I mean, just they almost crashed the car, and, oh. and yeah, then the just earth, finish the song. Yeah, the earth could be cracking beneath me, and I'm finishing watching that scene. Hundred <laughs> percent. <That's, laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. <laughs> I'm gonna split my legs here. And then, and, and of course, the great Richard Jenkins. Oh my god! Is, oh my is god! Just, um, lights yeah. out to be a dinosaur. He's lights out in everything. He does. Academy nominee yep. and directed by Academy Award winner Adam McKay. Did he win for uh, what, did, what did he win for? He won for screenplay for screenplay for Big Short. Okay, oh, yeah. oh okay. okay. Yep. Adapted screenplay. He was a, he's a directing nominee for two movies, uh, Vice as Vice, well as right. Big Short. But yeah, he won he won uh, for adapted screenplay for Big Short. It's a mo- yeah, like you said, the movie just doesn't make sense, but, but it works. But it's it's so but it's so perfect, and it kind of just lives in its own little own little space. And it has the Mary Steenberger in there too. Oh, Mercy Burgeon's great. Yeah. Love her. Yeah. yeah, the psychiatrist who just is pointing out how it's all insane. As like the proxy for the audience and just but getting yeah. into it anyway because it's so much fun. Or John C. Riley talking to his therapist like he's good while hunting. Like like yeah, it's, he's like anyway. I'm a I'm a mad genius janitor. <laughs> I'm like, ben Affleck's my best friend. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, the, just a, a, a true classic. Probably one that I could expect anyone to put on and go. What am I watching? Uh, I don't understand what's happening right now. But I think. I'd like to think that that movie stands the test of time. I think it does. I think, it, I think it does. And I, you know what? It's on TV a lot, so it, I think it has to because it wouldn't be on <clears> as people are watching it. Right. Yeah, it's it's the next generation's Dumb and Dumber. I mean, it's because I think it's, Dumb and Dumber is another one that stands the test of time with that too, and it's, it's the same type of, of situation. You know what it is because it, it it avoids cultural miles like landmarks and yeah, and, right. and it kind of avoids all that stuff altogether. Like Andrea Bocelli is like the most recent <laughs> like pop culture reference that they make it. Strictly eighties Joel. That is that is oh, that's Horatio, the great Horatio. Oh my yeah. god! Oh, oh fantastic! Uh, yeah. So there's. I mean, that's. I feel like that's deserving of any top ten list. A a a BPC recast Horatio Sands in our American Beauty episode. Is it, what, what, yep. what was that? The guy who comes out and yells at Ricky when he's smoking <laughs> and, and fires him from the catering game. Hey, gig. man. That's great. All right, so that was your number eight. 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 We're moving to number seven. My number seven is a movie that we've discussed, and we just discussed it a few minutes ago, and it's Goodfellas. Wow. Goodfellas wow. is my number seven. Yeah, I mean, that's a, obviously a stellar choice. I think it would probably be on a lot of people's top tens. I think it's many people's favorite Marty Scorsese movie. It's I'm mine. guessing by your yeah. selection, yeah. it's yours. It's mine. It's a great one. I don't um, think there's any bad time to watch it. Maybe when kids are not around, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's just yeah. it's a, it's a movie that somehow makes these sociopathic killers likable, and you want to spend time with them. Um, it's an unconventional movie, and I, I just the the acting is out of this world, and yeah, it, to say that's I think it's Scorsese's best movie is saying volumes because his resume to me Huge. is is uh, amazing. Yeah, and I don't think you're on an island with that. With that, no, with, I don't think so. There. I mean, I think that a lot of people feel that way. I'll before I, I get your take on it, Joe, because as much as we've talked about Goodfellas, I feel like you're never on the episode when we talk about it. It's kind of always comes up when when you're not around. But if you've listened to our pilot episode with Best Picture Cast, where it comes up. Big time. No. <laughs> our co-host Artie B really digs into it because he doesn't he doesn't care for the movie at all. And he has he has issues with it and loves to go after people who, who who like it. At the time of that recording, I leaned more toward Artie's yeah. side of things. 
No, I, I had seen it in, in its entirety once. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then just parts from yeah, the yeah, air. Yeah, so, sure. My relationship with that movie has changed throughout the duration that this podcast has existed. Okay. Where every time I've seen it since the first time I've seen it, I've appreciated it more and yeah. more. And I find it tremendously rewatchable. I find things to like about it more and the more and more I watch it. Yeah. I'm currently in my rewatch, my first rewatch of The Sopranos right now. Oh, wow. And I'm seeing a ton of the same qualities in that. Uh, there were there were episodes. So, Goodfellas completely inspired Sopranos. Yeah, entirely. Yeah. It did. David Chase has said there would be no Sopranos if there sure. wasn't Goodfellas. I mean, a lot of the same actors are involved in that. Of course. Yeah. Both share this rewatchability where you see that they're doing little things in every scene that matter to the bigger picture. Uh, Sopranos is obviously a much it's a bigger project, much a bigger much picture, yeah. a, a different a, a different medium, really. Yeah. But I'm at the point now where I I really thoroughly appreciate this movie. Yeah, I really do. Uh, I, you'll 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 hear me snickering on the pilot as as already rips it apart, <laughs> sure. and there were things that I agreed with the point, and I still agree with with a lot of his points that because it, it's not my favorite Marty movie. Okay, uh, it's not in it's not my fa- it's not my top three Marty movies to okay. be honest. But I do I have really grown to appreciate the movie, Joe. So I actually agree with some of Artie's um, narration comments. I, I do yeah. think it's a little bit overdone at times. I understand where he's coming from with it, with, you know, explaining things. The whole thing is from one perspective, and that's completely fine. But I do think sometimes it's a little bit like, let the audience, like, trust your audience a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I I do, but it's a movie I really do like a great deal. I think it has, I mean, the entering through the kitchen scene, which, yeah, things like that, the how am I funny scene. There's just iconic things in it that everybody knows. I think it also covers a lot of time in a very in a very clean way that doesn't feel too much, doesn't feel flawed. I just, I just think it works. I think there's a lot of real pot. It's not my favorite Marty movie either, but definitely appreciate it a great deal. I mean, the How My Funny mm-hmm. scene, is that's one of the best examples of natural reactions on... Cause he, he, it's unbelievable. Not, the only one who knew about that was, was Pesci, was yeah. Pesci and, and Marty. Yeah. And, and they're, they're genuinely like freaked out. Like, what, on the like, screen. What's, like what's happening right yeah. now? Yeah. Just watching them. And then that's the one that get kept like that. Yeah. That's all time. That's unreal tension in that scene. Yeah. It's yeah. just, um, and it's you, organic. You, you talk about a movie starting hot where mm. they're, they're driving the car and you hear something in the trunk yep. and then like they open up the trunk and, Pesci just starts stabbing the guy. That's <laughs> like, it's just like, it starts off so Freeze fucking frame. gory. And then, you know, and then, uh, you know, ever since I can remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster. And then, yeah. then uh, Tony Famous Bennett kicks in. It's just, I, I, I think, I think, I think that, I think the narration has a direct purpose and I think it works flawlessly. Um, I know in the BPC world, I'm in the minority of that, mm-hmm. but. I, You've I, opened I, my eyes a little bit to its charm. Yeah. So I think there is a charm there that's, that can be lifted above the brass tacks of what it is when you first hear it and you first it's, see it. But I, I do get Artie's points, too. I'm, I'm yeah. in the middle with yeah, it. Like, overall, yeah, I, I don't mean, really like I mean, narration. I, if, you, if you haven't heard the episode, basically my, my defense of the narration is that what makes Goodfellas so impactful is that you feel, that you feel like you're one of the guys. You feel like you're part of the gang. And I feel like without the narration, you would be completely lost and you wouldn't really care about these guys all that much. You wouldn't really, you wouldn't hear the backstories of these people to kind of put a different perspective on, on how you feel about them. Yeah. And, you know, and, and it also gives you the, the ins and outs of what it's like to be in the mafia. And, you know, that's something that really hasn't been 
touched on in pop culture and so yeah you're you're almost being taught a language you're almost being taught yeah. a new culture yeah. yeah all right so good fellas that was your number seven grant sure right was. we're on to six we're closing yep. out the back half here where did you go with six that was your marty by the way that was your that was my season. marty so no more no more marty movie. okay um my number six is um paul thomas anderson's there will be blood wow there will be blood uh, I know a movie that you hold near and dear to your heart. I knew that before you just yeah. revealed it to, to everyone on, on microphone. But uh, kind of a big Chris G movie too. He loves that one. I as love well. this movie. Yeah, and one that you know you probably wish would have won Best Picture. I think in, in a in a you, tough year. You know, yeah. I mean, we, well, we can get to this. We can get to this later. But two of my favorite movies of all time were from that same year. Well, so is this a No Country? But I didn't see No Country until until yeah, until, until a few years later. So I was upset that there would blood, there would be blood didn't win, but I understand mm. why no country won. This is a movie that you know you can watch it at face value of a of a morally bankrupt person um, just putting everything on the back burner to make his to make his fortune um, in the oil business, or you could look at it as a allegory of this nation, this allegory of America, and it's constant battle between capitalism and religion and i think that's what the main theme of the movie is and how eli and daniel plainview are they represent both of those facets in american culture and how they interact with each other and how people respond to either one i think it's brilliantly acted i don't think i don't think there's a weak spot in this movie i i I really don't i really don't see when it's shot wonderfully i think the score is really underrated I think the score is great. Really great. One of the guys from Radiohead did the score, I believe. Right? Oh, really? Yeah. I think oh, so. wow. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. But it just it it sounds so different from Radiohead. Yeah. <laughs> it's so yeah. funny. Uh, well, you see that a lot with the Reznor uh, Atticus Finch sure. scores that are just, you know soul doesn't sound like a, like a Nine Inch Nails song, you know. But I will say the Social Network score sounds like B sides from uh, Downward Spiral. Yeah. A lot, <laughs> right, a lot of guys, that instrumental album. Yeah. yeah. Ghosts. I think there will be blood is a um, it's a movie that people don't really talk about. I, I feel like, I feel like it's a movie that people don't want to see. Well, it's it because is. I, I understand, it's a hard. It's a. It's it's not an easy watch. It's not a really it's not, a rewatchable. It's it's an it's an it's an emotionally exhausting movie. Sure, and it's a great movie. Yes, it. I feel like Paul Thomas Anderson is a director who doesn't pander or cater At to all. anyone. He does what he wants to do, and that's it. And there are directors who do that in a similar way, but they do it in more of a... He goes uh, balls out. Yeah, no, he just, he's sticking to his vision and that's it. He has a story. Yeah, and and I think often he does movies that people don't get. And I don't don't necessarily mean that in an intellectual way. I mean it in an emotional way. That they they don't resonate with them. Even a movie like Magnolia, which should be viewed much higher than it is. See, I still have to see that. Yeah, it's, it's, still a, have to see it's that. a great one. Yeah. Even Boogie Nights. Like, yeah. I think there are things There's about a, Boogie Nights yeah. that hold it back where it's not talked about enough in, 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 in relation to how great it actually is. Yeah. And I mean, as, as much as I said with Goodfellas, I think some of the narration doesn't give the audience enough credit. I think there will be blood. Gives you credit. Like, you're going to get what you want out of it. And you're going to do the work. And I think that's why it's such a fantastic movie. I love this movie very much. I actually think Paul Dano in it is yeah, just great. unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, a career-altering role 
You know, yeah. Paul Dano was headed down one sort of road, and then this is kind of like, whoop, we've opened some some avenues here. So, well, we'll did, you, did you hear the story with Paul Dano? No, no. Where he was supposed to play you know, the brother that came in originally, you know, mm-hmm. the one that, that, that told Daniel, Daniel about Little Boston out mm-hmm. in California. And then the brother was supposed to be somebody different. And then they were filming with the, uh, the other actor who just couldn't handle it. Yeah, no. Couldn't handle playing opposite Daniel Plainview, you know, Daniel Day-Lewis. He's overwhelmed. Yeah, just couldn't do it. So then they just were like, oh, let's just make him a, a twin brother right. and just put Paul, Paul Dano back in it. Yeah. And he nails uh, it. Yeah, I think, I think he does it. great. Yeah. I think that's a really good movie, and I think, I think because of kind of what won that year, I think it gets lost. It, it also hurts that No Country for Old Men is a way more accessible movie right. than There Will Be Blood. I don't think... I don't think There Will Be Blood gets entirely lost because no. it gets brought up yes. a lot. I think it's kind of it's like the it's like the it's like the haunted house in the room. It's like it's like well, we don't want to go there, but it's up on that hill. See it? It's, there it is. It's you o- know? I think it's overlooked by general population. Right. I, it, yeah. People who know it talk about it. I think a lot of people know what it is. They're aware that well, it's they there. know it's there, you but know, I yeah, think yeah. I think people are they don't want to go inside because <laughs> I, I, I and I understand like from from the looks of it, it just seems like a really intimidating not intimidating, that sounds condescending. But like it, it just seems like a movie that like people would just find boring or like or dry. I mean it's kinda of dry, but it's but it's if you're willing if you're willing to go in with an open mind, I don't think you'll be disappointed. I mean I saw this movie in the theaters. Wow. Like I saw the I saw it the day before the Giants beat the Patriots in Super Bowl forty two. Oh, oh wow, really? So Gosh. that was a that was a good weekend. It's a good yeah, yeah that's right, a good you weekend had some for other vibes going on. That's a good wow. weekend for me. <laughs> it's a great weekend. Hell yes. Go Giants. Go Giants. Go Blue. <laughs> True Blue. I I do have to say this though. It is the definitive role for what many will consider the greatest actor of our time. I think I mean, so. I don't think that anybody really argues that. I no, mean, they I, may argue whether they like Daniel Day-Lewis or not, but he is the most accomplished actor of our time. Yeah. He has three Oscars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the role that will come up first when you ask about him is going to be that. Yes. I mean, that's what's I, I mean, he's... It's not going to be Phantom Thread. It's not going to be... Uh, uh, Les Mohegans. Les right. Mohegans or My Left Foot or, and, you know, he, he's, he's one of the Oscars. <laughs> Lincoln, you know. I, he, he, the, the Oscars were Lincoln, My Left Foot, and, and, the, yeah. and this. But yeah. this is the one that they go to. I 100% yeah. agree. And, I mean, I love him. Les Mohegans is my first, like, experience with him. But I, this is, I think, next level. I, Gangs I is, would be the other one that probably... Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. yeah. That's probably the most I, accessible one if we go back to, the, like, the accessibility of... No yeah. country. I, I remember the trailers for There Will Be Blood, and it was just like, just clips of the movie, and one of the clips was the, without any context, just the I, I've abandoned my child mm-hmm. part. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Like, I have to see this. Like, this just seems, this seems crazy. I'll say this about There Will Be Blood. It's the type of movie that you never forget when nope. and where you saw it. It's not one of those, yeah, I've seen that movie. I don't know when, I don't right. know what year, I don't know what time. It's like, no, you remember the chair you were sitting in when yep. you saw that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It shakes you to the core. I saw it in theaters, I'll never I, forget it. I saw, I saw it in um, uh, Westbury, uh, the Westbury Race, Raceway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I saw it in Levittown. One by, one by Target. Yeah. I saw it in Levittown. I'll never forget it. Blew so my that, mind. So that closes out the back half of Grant's list here. Yup. Before we get to number five, Grant, there were some rules put in place. There must mm-hmm. be regulations. It must be rules. <laughs> and I want to talk about some of the movies that got nixed out because of those rules. Yeah. That, that not saying would have definitely been on the list. I don't, but I don't want to handcuff you to that. Yeah. What movies 
would have been in consideration here had those rules not been in the mix. So other best picture winners, other movies by directors that you've either mm. mentioned. We won't we won't bring up the ones of directors that haven't come up yet. Okay. But. Uh, let's just get right into it. No country for old men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would have been easily on my top ten. Hopefully, I'll be on that episode so I can dive into that one. Uh, but that that's... was the movie that right. wasn't on I the know. list that you said. <laughs> oh, no country for old men. I'm like, oh, actually, that <laughs> is on the list. I just forgot to tie it. Yeah. I quit. So I think I did say that you'd you be did. on that you, one. You pulled the rug out for right. me. Yeah, yeah. But uh, that that movie is uh, is all time for me. I think that movie's great. Yeah. I think There We Blood is a better movie. I enjoy No Country for Old Men more. It's more of a favorite. Mm-hmm. But take sure. it for what it's worth. Yeah. yeah. Um, and another ineligible one, um, The Godfather. Yeah. I mean... I mean, I mean listen just, to how passionate you were about that. And, and, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, it's I mean, if, just take take a listen to that. That movie is uh, one of my favorites. That probably would have been mm. number two, probably, yeah. for me. Wow. Yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave those, put those two out there. Yeah. Those, those, those are the ones that I really came across that, uh, that gave me pause. And of the directors we discussed already, none of those had had one. Was there a Marty movie that you could have could have snuck its way in? Um, I mean, Shutter Island's really great. I mean, Adam McKay directed Anchorman. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. That's right. So, uh, or or even um, was it the other guys. Have yeah. you ever seen the other guys? <laughs> I haven't seen. Oh, the other it's guys really good. Really, Russell Crowe. Yeah. No, no, that's no, the no, nice guy. Yeah. Okay, I have seen the other guys. Yes, the other I guys have with seen the nice Will Ferrell guys. and uh, yeah, other guys is Wahlberg and Wahlberg and Ferrell. Really I've seen that. Uh, the nice guys is great. It's I think I think nice the other guys, guys would benefit from it or rated R. I think it gets hurt a little bit. It's a little it's a little stifled. I, I remember being kind of like really. Taking it back by how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. I saw we, the. Other, we saw that. We yeah. saw the other guys together with our wives. Yeah, it was one of those like, all right, let's just go do something and see something, and that was there, and it yeah. was hysterical. Yeah. Uh, the nice guys watch. Yeah, watch well, the nice guys. guys. Yeah, one gets, gets really great. put on me a lot. Gosling, Gosling and Crow. Kim Basinger. Joey loves his Gosling. Kim, Kim Basinger and, and Russell Crowe back another film noir. Only this one yeah. takes place in the seventies. It's yeah. great. It's cool. Joey, have you seen the Notebook more than once? Yes. Okay. I've, I thought so. I just had to confirm it. Yeah, that's fine. I have never seen it. I've never seen it head to toe. I've seen bits and pieces here and there. I've never seen it. You're fine. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. It's Gosling. I'm not <laughs> watching. I'm not upset about it. Blue Valentine is Gosling's number one. Okay, we're headed to the front part of the list now. The top five, Ooh. Grant. This is where the money is made here, baby. Yes, number sir. five. Uh, this is my Quentin Tarantino movie. Oh, the QT choice. Uh, this is Inglorious Bastards. Wow. That's okay. a bingo. All right. That's a bingo. bingo. Did I say that right? <laughs> uh, wow. Okay. Talk to me about talking about Inglorious Bastards. I love World War II movies. Love Quentin Tarantino movies. It's a match made in heaven mm. to me. Um, I think it's uh, a masterclass in building tension. I, I think they're they're seeing like the the opening scene, the scene in the tavern. I've never seen tension ratcheted up so tightly, so casually, and it just felt very with the game. Yeah, it just it, it felt like you could, you could sit in it and you can kind of experience it. You know, it's a it's a really interesting alternate history kind of thing. I love all the different storylines. I feel like it ties together really nicely, and every and everything kind of has has its own purpose, and everything is very strong. On its own, mm-hmm. um, I love it that you don't know what happens to all the other inglorious bastards. <laughs> uh, you know, at the end, it's just the two of them. It's just uh, Brad Pitt and B.J. Novak. Hans Landa, one of the best villains of all time. Yeah, absolutely. I think I agree. You know, I think he's I think he's up there with uh, 
was some of the was some of the best. Certainly made Christoph Waltz. Oh my career. god! Oh, yeah, I think Joey what, definitely a movie you love. Yeah, I love. I mean, it's my number one Quentin Tarantino movie too. Um, I think amongst all the great performances, Melanie Laurent is fantastic in it as well, and she just yeah. does such a good job playing her role. And the scene where they're eating the. Um, Whatever the dessert is that they're eating oh. in the restaurant with oh, the whipped cream, the, uh, uh, strudel. Yeah, the I, strudel. I think I paused it during that scene because I couldn't take. The, I just, couldn't take the intensity. Her holding it together yeah. when watching it, I couldn't hold it together. Yeah, and then yeah. the whole time you're like, does he know that's her? Like, right. what's going on? And every time I watch it, I decide differently it's whether so he knows funny. or not. That had like horror movie vibes. Yeah, in, yeah. In, in, in that scene and a few others, opening scene, of course. The opening, the opening uh, scene. I'm, was, I'm so glad you brought up Melanie Laurent in, in that because. It's understated how great she is in that movie. I mean, it's it's, 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 it's an Oscar caliber performance. And there's so it really many good, is. just there's so many fantastic performances. She really gets lost in, and she's so great. And she does so many French movies. So she's not. I mean, she's done. Um, what's the magic movie with Mark Ruffalo that she's in? Oh, now you see me two. You, no, she's in now you see me one. Like <laughs> that's her other big American movie. Uh, which that's a shame. Seen, yeah, that's what, but like she's so good <laughs> in this, and she's just really good and. I've had that movie forcefully recommended on me, so I don't. I've watch watched it many times. I'm not going to comment, but you know, it is. It's a ma- magic movie starring Mark Ruffalo and Morgan Freeman. I a little, a little sidebar here. My wife hates magic, <laughs> <laughs> so put magic on a list well, of Meryl so, Streep. Well, she doesn't, well, she doesn't like. She doesn't like, she doesn't like magic. She doesn't like Jesse Eisenberg. Oh, and so oh, man. and so. But then, but then, like, like, but it's like different because like she doesn't like magic because she doesn't like not knowing. How something is done, so she watches like sleight of hand stuff. She's like, "Fuck this!" Like, but like, but then, but then we're watching, we're watching now you see me, and like some huge elaborate thing happens where like a curtain flies like through the audience, and she's like, "Turn this shit off." <laughs> like, what is this? I'll have to admit, I'm with Katie Z on the magic. Yeah, I don't. I like sleight of hand stuff. No, so I I appreciate the big magic, like the Chris Angel stuff. Oh, really? I, I like David the little Blaine magic stuff. better. If someone comes up to me and wants to show me a card trick, I, I, I just respectfully say no. I was, like, please, right. please no. I will never please forget, no. I was once at a and bar. They, and they're like, no, no, like, you'll really right. like this one. I'm like, mm. I don't like being approached by a bar. I don't like being approached by magic. Yeah. yeah. But like... I'm out. I'll never card forget. trick specifically. Right. I, I, I like the big stuff too. I'm not... Like, I like Now You See Me, but like, it's a ridiculous movie. But I will never forget once being at a bar, Kroger's, yeah. shout out, and in the back, there was this guy doing, like, sleight of hand magic. And he was so... And there was, like, an audience. And I remember I, like, laughed at him. Because I was like, I didn't care. And his friends got really upset. And, I was like, and there was, like, an audience I just didn't understand. I was like, who cares that this guy shakes his ankle and his magnetic shoelace is tied? Like, I, yeah. that, that's not impressive. Yeah. I, as, as someone who hates card tricks, though, and I don't want to... We've already gone on the tangent, so let's stay here. I was attending bar at one point in my life. And bar I was attending is right next to a, a major venue. And he goes, uh, hey, can I show you a card trick? It was kind of like a dead of night. I'm like, I, I got to stop you right there. I really, really do not like card tricks. Like, I'm not interested. And he's like, no, 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 you're really going to like this. So I'm like, my friend, I'm not going to. I don't like card tricks. He's like, come on, come on. I'm like, wow, he's going to make me say it three times now. Okay, what is it? And he's like, pick a card, any card. A card, look at the card. Put it wherever you want. I'm like, fine. He puts the deck on the table. You know, shows me the cards, right. puts the deck on the table, opens his mouth, pulls out of his mouth a folded up piece of paper, unfolds it, and it's the eight of hearts. And I was like, well, that was a pretty damn good trick. <laughs> <laughs> that, that qualifies as big magic. Right. So, yeah, you get, yeah, you get a free was, beer. I, I, I worked at a, a restaurant um, in high school, and then, like, on Mondays... 
they had a kid come in that that did like these card tricks. I guess because Mondays are quiet nights, they bring him in for maybe some extra patrons. And uh, I remember like when it was like really quiet, he would like show us some of the st- and like he would try to do like some of the David Blaine extreme stuff that's just that's kind of like stupid. But then like, but he would he would do these card tricks, and I I have no idea like how like I I kind of I appreciate the time it takes to learn how to do these card tricks, the slide of hand stuff. I feel like no, I just appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 a skill it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a skill that I yeah. don't have. Sure. Yeah, that's well. There's no doubt about that from my standpoint. There, right. but but Melanie Laurent is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And Glorious Bastards brought us on a, a long, a long magic. God there, damn. In classic BPC fashion. Right. Yeah. Exactly I think Tarantino right. would appreciate a magic rant, or maybe he would. Maybe he hates magic as much as as, um, as that's why he might appreciate it. myself too. But. <laughs> okay, so we're on to number four, Grant. Yeah. Number four. Number four is my David Fincher movie. It's Fincher Ooh. time. Fincher time. It's Fight Club. Nice. Fight Club, okay. So so Fight Club is your favorite Fincher. Yes. Talk to me about Fight Club, Grant. This is a movie that I had... I basically watched it for the first time twice. Um, I watched it as a sophomore, junior in high school when it first came out. And thought it was a cool movie about fighting, anti-establishment, cool twist in it. Um, then I haven't watched it. Didn't watch it for a while. Then I was like in my late 20s I watched it again and I'm like oh this movie really speaks to me now um kind of like a I know they were a generation ahead of us but kind of a, a lost a lost generation of of kids raised in broken homes and mm-hmm. and not knowing kind of what to do with their lives don't have things figured out and they had to they do something to kind of I don't know, take the power back so to speak uh I, I and then you, you know I've been Watching it more and more, and and every time I watch it, it's it's fantastic. I don't get tired of it. It's um, darkly funny, mm-hmm. and um, I just I like the I, I don't like the message of the movie, but the themes of the movie I do respond to. Absolutely. It's a compelling piece of of filmmaking for sure. Yeah. Uh, Joey, I know you you love this movie too. Uh, I do want to say that one of the things about it that always gets overlooked is uh, Helena Bonham Carter's. She's great. Oh, she's so great. Really yeah. Really, yeah. really good in it. Really understated too. Yeah, he plays with tone just so well mm-hmm. in the movie, and and he's I mean that's one of the things he's he's best at, uh, Fincher. And but that movie just it, it takes you on a ride for sure. It's got almost got some Hitchcock vibes to it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Joey, t- I mean, talking about it, so it's one of your favorite movies, I know. Yeah, and it's just a lot of the scenes in just that Paper Street house are just really, like, bizarre in such a good way that could have been so bad, you know, the I Am Jack's, you know, broken liver and all yeah, whatever yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Like, um, a couple years ago, Chuck Palahniuk and a graphic artist wrote a Fight Club 2 graphic novel, and it was all about Tyler Durden showing back up. Yeah. And it was really interesting in how it happened, and... You know, clearly not as good as the original book sure, or anywhere yeah. close to the movie, but it was just so really interesting to be like, all right, what if 20 years later this guy shows back up in your life? His alter ego. Yeah, yeah, and it was just really cool. And, I mean, the turn, the first time, I remember the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, I know. I, I will say, too, is if you're if you're a loyal listener of Best Picture Cast and you've got all the episodes under your belt, you'll know that myself, Grant Z here, and the infamous Artie B had a high school cover band together yeah. we had a garage band together yep it was uh, it, we were called Numlock 
whether you love or hate the name. <sighs> well, I never when, liked it, folks. When, uh, I loved it. I owned all your CDs. Yeah, thanks. Hey, thanks. I, I love Numlock, too. But when Artie B left the band, it, the drummer was Anthony, who's not BPC relevant, but when Artie left the band, we wanted to rebrand and rename our band, and the name we chose was inspired by Paper Street. Well, yeah, From, we 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 altered I, it. I, I suggested you, Paper yeah, Street. Yeah, you did, you did, and we but we altered it to we Sil- made it Silver Sil- Street. Silver Street. I don't know yeah. why. I don't remember why either. But it was <laughs> but it was definitely altered. From, it was Paper yes. Street first, and then we tweaked it for right. whatever reason. We're watching Karate Kid Three in Fight Club. Yeah. I don't think but, that was uh, it. <laughs> one last thing on on Fight Club too. Granted, unless you want to close it out after this, but oh, I saw ahead. a great thing recently where uh, they the the scene where Brad Pitt and Edward Norton are first kind of. Engaging in, in fisticuffs, right. Norton punches Brad Pitt in the ear. Yeah, oh, great. and in the script, and as they built up to the scene, he was supposed to like kind of like just like him in the shoulder, like, yeah, like left arm punch him in the shoulder as right. kind of a weak punch. And last second, Fincher goes hit him in the ear. He's like, huh? <laughs> hit him in the ear. So Brad Pitt had no idea it's coming, and the the reaction, yeah. all that is actual hit me natural in the ear. Oh. Yeah, it's authentic, authentic so reaction. Good, like that that loosing. That Lou scene is great, where Lou, yeah, like the, the owner of the bar, like beats the shit out of him. Yeah, and it was almost like, um, like Lou was like the stand-in of like the father figure yep. of these people, and everything. It was like his, it was like his own like sick catharsis. Yeah, it was. It was just it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah very yeah. cool. All right, Grant. So Fight Club that was your number four, and that was your yeah. Fincher. So Fincher's out of out of play here. Yeah. We're up to number three, Grant. What do you got for number three? Number three is my George Lucas. It is your George Lucas. Whoa, uh, that took me for a loop here. I thought this would be a little higher, to well, be honest. Hold on. So, um, uh, wow. okay, Star Wars, Star Wars, a new hope. A new hope. Yeah. Um, wow. If you listen to if you listen to this podcast, if you've heard me before, I talk about Star Wars anywhere I can. Uh, I love I love the franchise. I love everything about it. It's a problem. <laughs> and um, and this uh, and the the first Star Wars movie is is one of my is one of my favorites. I think it, it's a formative movie for me. It it means it means a lot to me. Yeah, I, I it's my favorite. It's my favorite Star Wars movie. Okay. I don't mean to hop in on that, but yeah, no, it is fine. my favorite. It, I find it to be the most rewatchable Star Wars movie. Yeah, it's a movie. I listen. I'm not a quote unquote Star Wars fan. I'm really not. I I doesn't doesn't affect me in mm. any way. You're Star, never, Star Wars neutral. It, yeah, if I did, if I ever saw another Star Wars movie again, I, I'd live a live a, a fine life. I love the movie though. I do, and and that being said, I like Star Wars. I really do. I like Star Wars. I appreciate Star Wars, and I really do love that movie. I, I yeah. think it's I think it's a wonderfully made movie. It's a it's a well deserved Best Picture nominee. It should be one of the Best Picture. I, I I'm not necessarily on that side of it, but I think it's a great movie. I think it's. Really well cast and and perfectly executed by the cast beyond what maybe the material they were given. I think there was some yeah. complicated directing in there. Yeah, you I mean, know that better than me. Greg. Yeah, and well, George Lucas isn't. Um, you see this in the in the prequels um, when he had autonomy. Um, but yeah, he's he's not the best with working with actors. Mm-hmm. Kind of doesn't really know how to communicate what he wants the actors to do. The editing team. Really did a wonderful job hmm. with this movie. Yeah, I, 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 I think every every character brings brings their own kind of unique style to this. You know, I, Harrison, like Harrison Ford and Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, they're all so different, but it, they work together as they work 
not as a team and not as the characters as a team, but as an acting team, the three of them that works together. Um, it's a great story, and I think because you think about Star Wars as a franchise, this is the only one that kind of lives that can live in its own bubble. Yeah. And I think that's why I think that's why you like it a lot too because it kind of it, it you can if you watch Star Wars and that's the end of it like that's that's it like yeah. you can watch it and like turn it off. It, and it, it and does exist on its own. Yeah. And yeah. I want to say too, Joe, before I kick it off to you, is I think it's about as rewatchable as a movie can get. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think to 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 achieve maximum rewatchability, you have to have you have to be free of that point in the circle of the movie. Where you're like, nah, I don't really like this part. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn it off. Right. It doesn't have that. Like e- even movies, no movies that are very rewatchable, like a like a Predator. Like there's there's that one little like click to it where you're like, mm, uh, this part. You know, there's Star Wars does not have that. Yeah. Every scene is is so. It's just it's just so watchable. The the whole thing is so watchable. It's, and yeah, yeah. So I, well, Joey, what's your relationship with Star Wars? I don't even. Really I'm very new to the Star Wars world. I only saw them first for the first time four years ago. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Never saw them before. It was something that I was never super interested in, to be completely honest. Yeah. And I just never did. And then I watched them, and I got to say, the New Hope is fantastic because if it was anything less, I think I would have. If I, if it was anything close to the bullshit, I kind of thought it was in my mind i probably wouldn't have gotten now i've seen every single star wars movie yeah um and so i think new hope's really great and i think the fact that it stands alone but also leads into so much more is something that movies try to do but can't do oh that's well said that's i mean i think star wars is that's the quintessential movie that people try to do that they can't do you know i mean there's a couple others pulp fiction is probably another one but there's there's a there's a few in the godfather but like that's that is i mean i think star wars has to be the number one because in the genre it really blows everything away right yeah i'm thinking about how many movies that came after it that just tries to ape that tried to ape off star wars probably thousands of movies you've never heard of of course like things that we can one right to DVD or VHS. What I think is especially um, interesting about Star Wars is that it's it came in at a time where like movies like Taxi Driver, uh, like were like kind of like the hot movies like that's a good point like all these like really dark really gritty seventies really dark nihilistic movies, and here comes Star Wars like this fun throwback adventure movie that's made for like this made that uh, like kind of like teaches moral lessons to 12 year olds that's kind of what george lucas wanted to do he wanted to make these movies that like kids can watch it and kind of learn life lessons from these movies yeah and there's some, some escapism to it too. oh of course yeah, yeah it, it's a it's a completely fantastical universe yeah. that mm-hmm. it's something people have never seen before yeah so i i think there are just a lot of a lot of for a lot of reasons this movie is Fantastic and looks fantastic too. Yeah, it's, it's, it's another still, one that could easily it, look so bad. It's so still, bad. it still looks great. <laughs> like the uh, some of the like Star Wars fans are funny because they have these these bonkers characters like in the the canteen and stuff. Mm-hmm. Every one of them has a backstory, <laughs> and like everyone, they all like it's it's ridiculous. But it's uh, but yeah, some like. But it's all we're, you're, it's almost all practical. We're not going to comment on Star Wars fans. You yeah. can because right. you're one of them. We're going to we're, we're not gonna, allowed. Yeah, we're going to stay oh, silent. Uh, yeah, I mean, right. somebody, I, uh, I I am a Star Wars fan, and so, so that was number three. That was number three. Okay, so now before yes. we get to number two, yes, we just want to talk about honorable mentions, ones that just missed, and also directors that 
that you appreciate that that didn't quite make the list. Yeah, you did give me the grace of having another Spielberg movie in there. Uh, I didn't take it. Oh, you didn't take it. I okay. did not take oh, it. Oh wow, okay. Saving Private Ryan would have been on my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's my second favorite Spielberg movie. Mm-hmm. You talk about a movie that just shakes you to your core. Yeah, between oh, yeah. the open the opening Normandy scene and the themes of the movie and and the last battle are just all you know they're really heavy but it's you know poetic in a way it's really really well done yeah, yeah. you want to rattle off some other mentions? Yeah, sure uh, super bad all time comedy for me yep, yep. and um, goodwill hunting it's mm. a great one yeah yeah yeah, uh, the directors maybe that that didn't uh, get in, didn't get yeah. In. Here's here's the director, uh, Mel Brooks. Yeah, okay. Um, could have gone Blazing Saddles. Could have gone Young, Fra- Young Frankenstein. Um, so many movies that he made that are that are outstanding. Uh, I'm a huge huge fan of his work. So I watched I watched Young Frankenstein for the first time this a couple months ago. Okay. And I watched Bride of Frankenstein, 1935, for the first time this week. And I wish that I had seen that before I saw Young Frankenstein because yeah, I think yeah. there would have been a, a lot of things in there that I would have. Yeah. Because um, I've never seen OG Frankenstein either. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So. yeah, I haven't either. But, okay, so we're ready for the uh, the the top two. Here. Oh man, top oh, two. What would have been? What do you consider your runner up for the list? Like the 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 number eleven that almost made it into number ten that you just kind of. Oh, saving forever. It would have been saving. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Cool, of course. Cool. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Number two. Number two is. An Irving Kirshner movie. Irving Kirshner, okay. Not familiar with him. Empire Strikes Back. Ah, he served <laughs> us. Oh, God, he got us. All right. You gamed the system. You gamed the system. Look, but different, uh, you're, different you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm well, I'm, I am within the parameters. I thought you were a little reserved in the New Hope talk, because you you're saving Star Wars talk for the Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So go, let's go, Empire uh, Strikes Back. Uh, I, I, I think this is the best, uh, this is the best Star Wars movie, in my opinion. Um... So it's the it's the best movie of the fran- of a franchise that I absolutely adore. Um, <clears throat> I, I think the the themes of the movie, the story, the acting, everything is elevated in this movie. Um, you know, I, I understand some people don't like it as much. The the gang splits up, and you know, it, it's a it's a darker movie. It's not as it's, it's not as swashbuckling fun. Like a new hope is or right. Return of the Jedi. <clears throat> well, <laughs> that's like number five for me. But uh, wow, ouch! But but um, I think I think the, the the lessons in this movie that are kind of are, are kind of taught are I think important lessons for life in general. Uh, I know, Karen, that you're not a big Yoda fan. But some of the stuff that Yoda drops on Luke is something that are certain things that just need uh, to be practiced in everyday life. I, I, I think it's I think it's important. <laughs> some of these things, some of these lessons are important, uh, and I don't think Mark Hamill gets enough credit for acting with a Muppet for half the movie. That's where, a great. That's a yeah, great point. That's where a he point. basically, I don't know if because like the set was so loud. Mark Hamill had an earpiece in his ear, and Frank Oz underneath would talk, and he would have to like hear the dialogue, oh, and wow. like respond that way. It was it was yeah. a really it was a really difficult, really difficult uh, 
job he had, Mark Hamill. And I think yeah, he, I think he did a good job. Do you think F. Murray Abraham could have done it if in Amadeus if all the other characters were Muppets? It's <laughs> 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 a callback to the writing. Uh, that's great. Oh, right, man. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I would think that's probably like the average Star it's Wars fan's favorite. It's my favorite Star Wars. It's your yeah. favorite too? Yeah. Okay. I, think, yeah. I think most people go, a lot of people go Jedi. A lot of people do go Jedi. But I think I think a lot of that is Return of the Jedi. I mean, yeah. uh, but I think a lot of that is because they were like little kids when they. That's first right. Saw I mean, that's yeah. was my introduction to Star Wars as a kid. Yeah, I get it. Was, was Return of the Jedi. I, I watched like, it I just, as a kid. Yeah, the whole so. job of the hut scene and oh, I just that just holds Jabba's palace is, yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, it's yeah. my favorite Star Wars is New Hope, but I go Return of the Jedi okay. next just yeah, because I'm, it does go off the rails within with the Ewok stuff, but I just. Every time I watch, it, I just go back to I just go back to to the youth, sure. and I think you I'm really like that's what it's supposed to do. You know, you know that the uh, Ewok the Ewok battle is a um, is a metaphor for v- Vietnam, right? I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. just saying. Yeah, that's it's, not why uh, I don't like. That's why. That's why. That's not why it's <laughs> number five. I'm just. Grand just, Hatred I'm, of Platoon. We don't want to go. We don't want to bring up Platoon right now. Let's I'm, not no, go Platoon. No, it's been not, a very peaceful discussion nothing, here. Let's no, not. I'm not even bringing up Platoon. And the Grand Hotel episode hasn't dropped yet, where there's some sky sh- missiles fired off. I, I just, I just thought, I just thought I threw that little nugget in there. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's all. all right. So that was your number two. That's my number two. Um, I should have seen that coming. Yeah. Um, I think but, it's great you know, though. I like well Empire. I appreciate it. And and you owe the gaming of the system after after getting after getting hit by the the rules at the beginning. You, you made it work. And number one, number one is Jaws. Is Jaws? Okay. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, not overthinking it. It's my favorite movie of all time. I think it's perfect. I, I think uh, from a storytelling standpoint, all the all the pieces connect. Everything the A plus B plus C plus D. Everything equals what it should. Everything is is great. Yeah, and it's been about a year since we've discussed that on this podcast. Yeah. I think about almost exactly a year ago. Thereabouts, yeah. Yeah, we, we had our episode on that. Mm-hmm. So a year later, you, you're here to talk about it again. I'm sure next I've, summer we'll find a way for you to talk yeah, about it. Yeah, so, I mean, I've, 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 I've seen it twice since we last talked about it. Yeah. Uh, I just watched it recently before the July weekend. Perfect. Uh, if you know, That's a yearly watch, at least for you, right? Yeah. It's yeah. And before the July weekend, I watch it. Yeah. Nice. Um, it, to me, it's like to me, it's the it's the quintessential summer movie. How were you happy? Were you happy with how our episode came out? And and what went in that? Was there was there anything? Yeah. That, no. I, after I, listening to it, you wanted to add to it? I don't think so. I yeah. think being me, I think Chris and I embarrassed ourselves. It's just gushing over, over gushing. Yeah. Over, I, I love it. I love every second. Like a, I wish we had video like a, on that one. Oh my because, God. You, know, you had your Mayor Vaughn shirt like, on, you know, with yeah. there was like Jaws memorabilia everywhere. The two of you were just smiling. Just, the just, going, time. just going over scenes. Oh, what about this one? What about that one? What about this one? And, uh, you know, like, it was a fun listen, though, because it was, it's, it's nice when people are passionate about things. That we are. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, Brendan B tried to talk about Herman Melville. You're like, oh, no, let's, let's get yeah, back yeah. to it. Let's get back to it. Can we talk about Quint for a little yeah. bit? Well, we're going back to let's talk about the, the Indianapolis speech. Let's talk about the physics of shooting the barrels into the water and how it's genius. Let's talk yeah. about the Indianapolis <laughs> for an hour and blow yeah. everyone up. Um, I mean, the, yeah, the Indianapolis speech is all time one of the best monologues in film. Can't argue with that. Nope. It's, I mean, it's, it's genius, it's and I, I've, I have just grown to appreciate Robert Shaw so much. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I need to, I need to dig deeper into his filmography. I really do. I think he's a wonderful actor. 
I mean, we talked about him. We're we're essentially done talking about him here at Best Picture Cast because we talked about about Jaws and uh, the Sting and Man for All Seasons. We're gonna need to find more ways to talk about him though, because every time we, th- it's always fun conversations with him. Yeah. Well, he's got a Bond uh, a Bond villain uh, role there too, so maybe we do. We do oh yeah? One, yeah. Okay. Yeah, great. So so that's it. The, the top. Uh, why don't you give us a little recap here? Sure. Uh, from the top, from ten. Number ten is Miami Connection. Number nine is Thor Ragnarok. Number eight, Step Brothers. Number seven, Goodfellas. Number six, There Will Be Blood. Number five, Inglorious Bastards. Number four, Fight Club. Number three, Star Wars A New Hope. Number two, Empire. Gotcha. And number <laughs> one is Jaws. Yeah, well awesome. done. Great, Great list. Comprehensive list, I would say. Really good list. Really good grant list. Like nailed, yes. nailed the goal. Yes. Yeah, this is this is if you if you're looking for what I look for in movies, I feel like this is everything. As he doodles a shark on his, on his sheet yeah. right there. Yes. There you well go. Uh, so Grant, great job of uh, this. It's a pleasure to do this with you, Joey. You as well joining in. Yeah, super and, excited um, to be here. This is know, great. Yeah, I've, I've said many times how I appreciate you guys, but Grant, you know, I I, I got to say, I mean, there's it's scary to me to think about what Best Picture Cast would look like without you. You know, <laughs> it, just, it would literally <laughs> just look from a graphical standpoint, <laughs> visually. Yeah, it would be it would be me drawing like handwriting a picture of, of Best Picture Cast <laughs> and taking a photo of it. That would be our logo. Yeah, it would have been so, it would have been something different. But, but I'm I'm more than happy to do that stuff i i enjoy doing it and uh, if i can do it and for for some cause you know for something that i want to do for um i'm more than happy to I, yeah you crush I it i know several other podcasts that we've met on on twitter on social media yeah. have, have reached out to you about doing logos you've done a great job yeah for 300, 300 passions and alternate oscars that's did, right did both your work for both of them and great uh, work with them yeah so. Yeah, it's it's great stuff, and and you've designed everything in our, our merch shop. Let's give a little shout out to that. Yeah, um, I don't have the link. Yeah, we'll have there, the link but... in the we'll have the link in the profile. So we'll you know, yeah, because it's but... it's for some reason, regrettably, so it's a mouthful. Um, but it's also on on my socials. It's on my it's the link in my socials. Uh, Grant Zepp on Instagram, Grant underscore Zepp on Twitter. Yeah, if you want to find me and chat me and chat with me and. Tell me why my list sucks. Tell me why <laughs> Empire sucks or whatever. Um, just go for it. Yeah, both both Joey and Grant are, and myself are great about reaching out. Oh yeah, love it. Love on those social medias and yeah, yeah, we do it's it. And super you know, is, fun to talk to people. Is there any design in the merch shop? Put you on the spot here that hasn't emerged yet. That's that's kicking around inside your head. That you're well. I mean, I, I have. I, I I generally wait for the episode to be released to release. The new merch. Um, but maybe one that we have an episode for already that you've kicked around, that you've thought about, that you haven't well, pulled trigger on. I do, I do have one for Broadway Melody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I feel maybe like, you got a Ray Liotta in the background yeah. or something, yeah. I feel like, I feel like, yeah. Well, Bill, yeah, with, with uh, Bill the Butcher in the background. Right, yeah, with the flag over him, right. Uh, I, uh, but no, there's no way in hell I'm going to release that. <laughs> um, Hank and, and, uh, Hank Queenie. Queenie. and Queenie. Hank and Queenie. Hank and Queenie. Like they're hugging each other. It's just, they're hugging from, from behind. <laughs> the hug but, dance. The yes. hug dance. Uh, I have that one, but I don't think I'm going to pull the trigger on that. But, um, okay. there's, there's two episodes that we're going to do this season that I already have the artwork for. That's great. And I'm ready to drop. Um, I don't know if you want me to. Well, no, I'm not. I'm not asking you to to spoil anything upcoming. Okay. I want to. I want to know what's going on inside the brain. Do we have a Do we have a man for all seasons one coming? Do we have a platoon one coming up? Do we have? I tried platoon one. I don't know. I tried to get one of Elias 
But the way that the artwork is, it I don't a little, know. It, it doesn't tricky. really work. Yeah, because yeah, his head's up well, because the because the arms right. are stretched out, and that's not what the the thing is. It's and hard. It's hard when you're listening to this and you haven't seen it. It's, it sounds weird, but I I promise you, it's it, a Jesus it works. Christ pose. Right. It works. When is the Ellison shirt coming? Never. Well, we're going to continue to have some. <laughs> Um, I assume that the cavalcade shirt also didn't work graphically with the you know, the, uh, the cavalcade the, shirt. It just says it's the, it's the guy, it's the guy getting run over by the carriage. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's my favorite part of the cavalcade. Oh, that's <laughs> well, Grant, thanks so much for this. Uh, you crushed it as you always do. Before we go, I'm just gonna we'll give you a little a little time to talk about your experience with Best Picture Cast. Yeah, what how it's been is we're we're moving in on we're moving in on two year year and a half, but probably close to two years since we recorded yeah, that crash crazy. episode. I know. How has this how's this run been for you, man? This has been great. Like I like I said before, it's this podcast is great because of the it it enables it not enables but it it encourages me to watch movies that I've never even thought about watching before. And I, I, I really, uh, I really appreciate that. And, um, and just to talk about movies and kind of throw my opinion out there. Don't really, never really thought I would have the avenue for yeah. that. And, um, the fact that I can try to sneak in star Wars wherever I can, it's always a plus. And again, like the graphic design stuff, like I'm always, always love doing that. So it's, yeah. yeah. So every, everything has been, this has been a pleasant experience, even watching unpleasant movies. <laughs> That's right, and I speak for everyone to say you do a hell of a job for oh, sure. There's you. no no doubt about that, uh, both on the air and off. And I wanted to say too that in that initial conversation, trying to get you on board for that crash episode, when you looked at the list and said, "I I've been seeing a lot of these movies. I don't, I don't know, you know, I, I I genuinely consider you a movie expert at this point with the work you've done here. And everything. <laughs> Thank you. you are, man. You are, man. It's you've. You've embraced the role and and you crush it. So I'm a, we, I'm we, a film buff. Yes, we're not <laughs> trained experts, <laughs> but you now can be a self-proclaimed, or or at least BPC proclaimed international BPC film expert. International <laughs> BPC certified expert here. Uh, well done. Uh, any closing thoughts or just take us home with with your last tune here? Yeah, no, that's just um, something from one of the um, one of the closing songs from one of the movies on my list. So uh, thank you all for listening. <laughs>